0: Welcome to Tib Talks, a not-so-average Gen Z perspective on all things life. Every week we sit and have conversations about any and all things that happen during life's many seasons. I'm your host Lexi and on today's episode I'm having another creative conversation with you guys only this time I'm joined by my very good friend Max Lopez. In today's episode you're going to hear Max and I talk about why we love poetry. He's going to share some of his pieces with you guys and tell a little bit of the story behind them. But before we get into that, Roll the theme song.
1: Right? Sure. (laughs) Nah, you're the one who's laughing. I'm good. It's
0: fine. Oh, now you're good. Okay. Ready? Yep. Okay. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Tim Talks. So, for today's episode, um, I'm going to be doing another creative episode but this time, I have a very special guest. This week on the podcast, I have my friend, Max Lopez. Hi. What's going on? What's going on? Thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to be here, honestly. Yeah. Super excited, yes.
0: Yeah. So, tell me you have some stuff that you're going to share.
1: Yeah, I got uh, two poems. Okay. Two poems.
0: Cool. Is there, with these in particular, is there anything that you want people to, like, take away from either of these pieces, or kind of just, like
1: interpreted as they will um yeah I mean we literally just talked about this but in the first film yeah. um, that was literally inspired off of uh, the aspect of people seeing just like the pretty side of love and relationships but there's nothing which there's nothing wrong with but I think both sides need to be taken to account of when you're talking about relationships, long-term relationships, marriages, Um, love I know we were just talking about Joseph Solomon in one episode where he's like marriage isn't always like you don't always feel like being married to that person you know (laughs) and it's like there's gonna come times where like it gets ugly whether it's in the relationship or it's just coming from one person like going through like a bunch of crap yeah like both of that should be counted into and like um, what I said in the poem I'm gonna be present at her art event um, whether it's dressed with rainstorms or sunsets, like regardless, I'm going to be there. Um, so that's for that poem. And as far as George Floyd, man, um pretty sure everyone hearing this is going to know what that's yeah. inspired off of. Yeah. Just like 2020 and George Floyd just, um, coming together and just, uh, allowing me to process it through a poem. Yeah. So yeah.
0: That's dope. So... I think we've talked about this once or twice, but why do you feel like you write poetry?
1: Um, well, I actually used to rap. Um, I think I got pretty decent at that. But I found poetry to be a lot more flexible because not everything has to rhyme. Mm. Um, and it's not a bad thing if like it has to rhyme for any person. But for me, aside from it being super flexible, like using your words... Um, I also realized that, um, if poetry is not deep, then it's not good. Nobody's going to listen to it. And so I got to a point where I realized, like, I want my stuff to be real, like deep, um, to the point where if it's not like my sister or another poet or just a friend of mine could tell me that it's trash. If they're being like super real yeah. with me, you know, just because of the fact that I can go deep and it's easy to, uh. It's easy to write, not in the sense of, like, I mean, metaphors and, like, ideas, like, it's easy, but, like, um, it's almost like writing in a journal super, super creatively with, like, metaphors and similes and the way that you compare real life to things that may not have the same characteristics as you do.
0: I like that answer. So, I think for myself, I use poetry similarly, where Mm -hmm. I use it as a way of, like, journaling creatively. I like the way that you said that, but I think I also use it as a way of processing Do you feel like you use it in one way more than another? Or is it kind of just like, it is what I'm feeling in a moment? Or do you get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, both at the same time, just as strong. Just because, just as much as I like to do it, just because it sounds like super awesome and deep, Mm -hmm. it also puts like my blood on a piece of paper, translates it into words. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because it allows people to see who I am, who I was, and what I'm going through, like, in the present moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, this first one is called, um, To the Artist I Have Yet to Meet. Um, It's a love poem, um, but it embraces both sides of um, love, which can be really pretty and really ugly. So, it's called, To the Artist I Have Yet to Meet. I don't know what type of canvas you prefer to paint on. Whether you are ready for a blank start or even willing to continue on something already soiled. If you're still interested on a canvas that already has something on it you don't like. I don't know if you want some type of double meaning between the brushes you switch off with. Whether you want a darker or lighter than usual, whether it was always a lake you had in mind that would reflect your heart, or a tree that had roots so deep it practically took up the whole board, representing your family's history. I have no idea whether you have the audacity to pick up on something that is already so ugly. It'll take you a whole new set of paintbrushes to fix. Maybe you want to paint some grass and a bigger picture of a garden that makes you reflect on your existence. If you took it away, would anyone really notice? Or maybe it's a notebook and pencil that would really bring you to life, letting you put down your humanity on a piece of paper, bringing metaphors to life with actors that are always willing to be compared to your broken instruments you call your feelings because they're always getting played. Maybe every sentence hosts a warm invitation to all those who have feelings that have yet to find a piece of paper worthy to trust. Is it possible you only work under a lamp in the dark because that gives you just enough light to see your paper but not enough to think as deep as the darkest corners in your heart you've dragged all your insecurities in? Or maybe you want to physically create with your hands. Are there seeds that have taken the chance to be broken only to grow their roots into the ground and turn into a plant you feel like you resemble? Have you ever been broken only to grow? Is that why you're thinking of somehow sculpting a mustard seed turning into its tree, letting people see the process you are currently in? Are there roots you want to put on display only to invite your family and let them know they not only exist in the sculpture, but they also exist as the only thing holding you down, keeping you to the ground, reminding you where you come from? Or maybe you want to direct a movie starring your pain and history you feel like no one ever truly saw. Short films carrying the people you wish were present in your life. Could there be melodies in your heart for a song that rhymes with the sobs at night? Or lyrics that paint your worst enemy's life? Listen, I don't know what type of artist I'm going to meet. But I I know there are paintbrushes willing to dip themselves in their dimples only to come out with colors soft enough to paint a sunset. I know poems are being formed as we speak in the first couple of drafts, slowly being written in her struggles, beauty, and humanity. I know she looks at a mustard seed tree and acknowledges the humble beginnings it comes from and says to herself, one day, that'll be me. But whether her art shows are dressed with rainstorms or sunsets, trees or hardships, I promise to be the first in line to buy a ticket. I'll be in the front row remembering the humble beginnings she came from. Excited to see her story, she's buried her art. Okay, so uh, this is another poem that I wrote. um, It's called For Floyd. (laughs) Um, I wrote it right after the verdict. So during the verdict, um, I know all of Minnesota was on its toes. I was at work with my brother, and we put it on, we saw it, it was crazy, I got home. Um, I wrote it, and then after I wrote it, I tried to read it for the first time complete, and I cried like halfway through, just because I realized how much everything hit me. This one's for Floyd. On the 6th and 9th of August on 1945, the United States detonated two nuclear atomic bombs over the Japanese cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The two bombs killed between 129 and 226,000 people, most of whom were civilians. These are two examples of bombs going off in unnecessary conflicts that should have never happened, but still often end in an explosion, leaving bodies out of breath, leaving souls out of rest that usually have nothing to do with the problems created by prideful men. Today, I waited anxiously for the verdict to come out from the Derek Chauvin trial, expecting another bomb to detonate on the streets. I thought for the rest of the day, buildings would become campfires, I thought people would burn all the peace they had left inside of them and use it as fuel as the carbon dioxide joined injustice in the air and held hands on the streets as usual, where people sang chants and mourned into the river of blood that rushed through the heated veins of every agonized family. I almost already heard the chants that echoed into the clouds that were ready to cover the sun's eyes in order to leave her from seeing the bomb detonated as she already seen too many times on Mother Earth. I swear I already saw people on the streets protesting against the lives that only ever come alive when they clock in into their jobs. The dam created by my courage was short on the material I often use called hope, so the gallons and gallons of tears were ready to completely destroy the whole blockade and turn my face into a waterfall. I was so ready for Uncle Sam to follow his instructions and proceed into the future the way he almost already, the way he almost always knew too well based on his past." he always left a bomb in the back pocket of a black body he murdered that detonated in the hearts of slaves with no words that detonated in souls of prisoners with no voice that detonated in the chants of protesters with no rights this bomb was just so familiar it was as if he already gotten in touch with the night of the city and they were planning to take over the twin cities that would crawl into my nightmares and strangle my reality but today the bomb was not detonated People gather in solidarity, happy to see accountability in the air, even if it's only there for the night. I cry, join streams of tears flooding into the hearts that pump with an extra breath that lets them breathe for the man who couldn't. The street that once hosted his death is now hosting his people's relief. People dance in the streets with chants to tell the sun to enhance the melanin they so proudly fought for. This bomb avoided, traced unto the drops of justice, uh, small enough to hide in the cracks of my palm. Desperate souls cry tears of joy for accountability. This is not over, justice is not here yet. She has only found the key to her car under the right verdict. Now she has to find a ride. But for now, the peace, the accountability, is swimming in the people's songs. This one's for George, this one's for Floyd.
0: Awesome. Well, Max, thank you for sharing your pieces, sharing your art, and yeah. You me for to? sure.
1: Um, yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Anytime. But anyway, guys, that is it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to come back next week. Don't forget that Tip Talks has social media, so you can interact all week long. All the handles are at Tip Talks. But hey, guys, um, hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and I will see you back here next weekend for another episode of Tip Talks.